Everyone's got opinions when it comes to leadership, and let's be honest, how many experts do we all know? But where can we find real leadership advice that's not BS? Well, look no further. Welcome to No BS Leadership, where on each episode, we attempt to expose the gap between what leaders think they should be doing and what actually works without the BS. Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want. Welcome back, friends. We're all excited to be here. My name is Jeff Geoff McLaughlin with Professionals at Play, and I am here with our incredible cast and crew of family and friends, the incredible Jeff Conroy. Jeff, say hello to everybody. Hello to everybody. (laughs) <laughs> he follows directions so well. <laughs> the incomparable Mr. Sam, it's not Mr. Sorry, Dr. Sam Jennings. Doctor, I got to always put that in. He's earned yeah, that. Well, I appreciate that, but it's not a big deal. Glad to be here. Can't wait for the conversation. Awesome. We also have the wonderful Jeffrey Geyer. Where are you at, my friend? I am right here and. If we are family, you're a brother from another mother. Yes, I love you all. Yep. <laughs> uh, and of course, you send me. Sorry. We'll edit that part out. Sorry. For all <laughs> and we have, as always, the beautiful, intelligent, and absolutely incredible Miss Myra Hall. How are you doing today, Myra? You know what? I couldn't be better, Geoff. And this, you guys keep me on. That's just the laughter and the joy just just is the highlight. So awesome. Awesome. Our episode today is, is we're going to talk about risk and why that is a benefit to leaders. And uh, real quick for our listeners, I am in my van in the Vandalorian uh, at the down by the river. I'm living the dream, literally living the dream. Everybody thought that was a joke. And now I am a speaker and I live in a, I don't actually live in my van, but I have a van that I have parked by the river before. I, I am literally living the meme. I am, but I'm in the van because I did. That's what his wife says too. <laughs> what, is that a big bag of candy next to you? It's not a white van, is it? Got a small window on the side. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I'm actually in the van because I was at a mastermind this last week. And unfortunately, my plane didn't make it. I didn't make the, the connection from California to here. And so I uh, ended up staying. Uh, I was up at three o'clock this morning, 3.30 this morning over in Seattle and made it through security. No problem. Apparently quite a few people missed their planes and it was interesting. It looked really, it looked like a homeless encampment with the number of people that were just sacked out on the floor. It was, yeah, it was a strange sight this morning. However, I did make it home in time to record podcasts with my favorite friends. And so the thing though is I was going to include you in those people. Okay. Thanks. (laughs) I I was going to talk about risk and the things that leaders need to do and ask your guys' opinions on some things. When risk is involved, which obviously as entrepreneurs, sometimes as solopreneurs, risk is one of the things we have to deal with on a very regular basis because we're leaving that traditional security of a nine to five job and potentially working 60 to 80 hours a week in hopes, in the dream of pursuing something greater. Now, how does that apply? It's uh, interesting because the 
part of the mastermind, we went to Disneyland. And Mr. Conroy, I know that you are a Disneyland fanatic. As a matter of fact, for all of those that are listening, you can't see it, but in his shelf behind his desk is, I can see right now, I can see that's at least one. And then I'm, and I think oh, yeah. they see a bunch of little bobbles and little guys, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm three. <laughs> I was going to give you five, but uh, okay. you know what? We'll take three. <laughs> uh, so let's like, think about Walt Disney. He actually had to file for bankruptcy. He had his first cartoon that ended up getting bought by another organization who then took all of his illustrators, all of his cartoonists. And then they said, we basically own you and you have to work for us. And he said, no, I don't. And so he went into business with his brother, Roy, which was, you know, great. Roy was the numbers guy. Roy was the, the low risk. Let's call Roy the low risk partner in the deal. Not Walt was all about risk and what does it potentially mean? And that's where the risk comes in because Walt had the vision. Walt looked at what is possible. And then Roy, who was more stable, helped him to create that vision. So for you guys, I'm just curious in the industries that you guys have been in, the industries that you work in, what kinds of risks are leaders supposed to take and why are those risks good? What do those risks do for an organization? Because honestly, I, I work in a couple of industries where the innovation, it, the technology's changed a little bit, but they're doing the same things that they've done for a hundred years. And it's very interesting. So there's low risk. There's high risk in that they're doing dangerous jobs. However, there's low risk in terms of we're just going to dig a hole in the ground and see. I'm just curious in, in some of the industries you guys work at, what kind of risk do leaders need to take and what is the benefit from your point of view. If I could, if I could jump in here, Jeff, I, I was uh, team coaching one of my clients. They're a techie company just last week, actually. They build, uh, you know, fiber optic infrastructure and, and that kind of stuff. And the owner, we're, so we're team coaching and we're talking about this very thing, risk and planning for the future and all that. And my straight answer to your question is they have to assess all the risk and it's everywhere. But so what, what was talking about with this company, uh, we were talking and the owner said, yeah, my, my job is to eliminate risk. And I said, I respectfully disagree. I think your job is to mitigate risk and mitigating risk and eliminating risk are two separate things. Mm -hmm. And so the leader of the owner, whether it's Walter, his brother, aren't trying to eliminate the risk. They're trying to mitigate risks that they have to take to move their business forward. Mm -hmm. Got it. I like that. I like that. And there's no possible way to actually eliminate all the risks. That's, no. that's impossible. No. There's no possible. Nobody could have seen COVID coming. Seriously. No. Nobody could have seen like the shutdown and then all that stuff that's happened afterwards. Yeah. How do they mitigate the risk after that? That's a great, so, great point. So you brought up Walt Disney was the visionary and Frank was the, the realist. He was the guy that had to, he, he was the guy that had to go get the money. Michael Eisner, when he was CEO of Disney, had Frank Wells. Yeah, you know, he had the, he had that yin and yang. I think anybody who has uh, a type uh, or who are high eyes, visionaries, dreamers need that person. I, I call them wet blankets only because I'm a high eye, but need that person to bring it down. When I was at the St. Vincent's, I was the guy that said, let's have a fireworks show, a bunch of zoo animals and let's go crazy on this thing. And my wet blanket would say, always say, how are you going to pay for it? And I needed that person. Because I was one to always take risk, but I always wanted to take 
risk that would grow a program and serve a community. One of the biggest risks I ever took was uh, the development of the help center, which was my vision of a one-stop shop. Those people that are in deep poverty don't have the gas money or the wherewithal to travel in our county, 1,500 square feet in our, or 1,500 square miles in our county to get to the different locations, to get to the Department of Labor, to get to the food bank, to get to housing, to get to. So I wanted to create a one-stop shop where they could come into one place and get all these things. Man, it, and it costs money. And I had a board member scream at me, telling me that I was hemorrhaging money. And I said, I don't see it this way. I so I was creating spreadsheets and I was talking to individual board members. I was on the hook for this thing. And when the help center was opened, HUD adopted it as a program for the future. And HUD flew me to Seattle and Portland and Boise to talk to other nonprofits about how this is the program that communities should be doing. And so, man, the board took pride in that. But did I take the risk? Oh, hell yeah, I took the risk. But it was a vision. It was a vision that I had. The other risk is when I brought Lee Cockrell to Coeur d'Alene. I signed the contract without board approval. <laughs> you know, and I was on the I was on the hook to, to Lee comes with the price. And I was on the hook because I believed in it that much. Now, that's either reckless and stupid, or hey, that's kind of cool. So in turn, I went out and found the sponsorships. We had over a thousand people show up. It was a huge success, but it could be seen as reckless. But I, th I think all risk can be seen as reckless. Walt Disney was seen as being crazy because he'd, he'd filed for bankruptcy and they kept Oswald the rabbit. And, and that's when he created Mortimer yep. Mouse, as his wife said, and later became Mickey. Yep. And yeah, it's just, I think for any leader who with a vision, risk comes with the job. So my background is in higher education. And when I was a newer professional and I started understanding that we could get sued for various things. I got nervous and we can't do this. We can't do that because we can get sued for this or the other thing. So I remember a, a lawyer who was talking to a group said, if you approach your job, looking at all the ways you could get sued by doing it, you won't get out of bed in the morning. Correct. Like, oh, okay. Now that's a different spin. So then you look at, just as you guys have described the question, is this a risk, but rather how do we mitigate the risk? How do we reduce the chance somebody could get, I'll say harmed, and that can be any number of ways, but it's part of, the, part of being a human, A, there's risk. And if you're going to run a business to interact with other humans, there's still going to be a risk. And if, if you're averse to that, then it really would be hard to get out of bed in the morning because there's risk everywhere we go. Do what you've done, get what you got. That was always my mentality. Do what you've done, you'll get right. what you got. I think if any company is going to evolve with the times, there's always going to be a certain level of risk. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's inevitable. I think it is. You can't. Everything has risk. Getting up in the morning, you then are at risk for falling down, getting out of bed, having a conversation. Those are things that are risky, right? You yeah. never know where those things are going to lead you. If you just stayed in bed the whole time, then you run the risk of, no, I'm going to be really tired and not get a lot of things done. So every single thing that we do has a risk, but we're constantly in our minds running that risk reward, uh, risk benefit analysis in our heads. And obviously the leader, the visionary is the one who is going to take those risks because they see the vision. They see what's possible. Most people, I think, are going to, the, the reason we have employees and that kind of stuff is that most people really, they don't necessarily want to take that risk. They want the stability and they don't always have that vision of what could potentially be. 
which is why it's it's not dangerous. I'm going to say it's risky to be a leader because you take heat for decisions that you make or don't make and whether or not those things are successful. It's challenging. Real estate is inherently, if you're a real estate agent, you're taking risk. You're taking risks that you'll be able to pay your bills next month. And as you grow in it, you learn how to put a couple months ahead and if you have it. But it's constantly uh, a risk versus do I want to take the weekend off or do I want to answer every call? Because it's a risk that you won't have the money to pay your bills when they come due. Bills are funny things. They're set up on 30 days. They're funny like that. Yeah. And and (laughs) closings, commission checks could be, you could go six months with that one. So uh, Mm. what I'm saying there is you have to take calculated risks. You have to calculate and you have the the difference between calculated, uncalculated risk is just in that scenario is I'm going to go out and buy me a new car. Okay. You're taking a risk that you won't be able to make the payments if you haven't calculated what it's going to take to get you there. Does that make sense? Yeah. That I, I learned, I lived 18 years that way. And at first, it scared me to death. It was like, I I don't know that I could do this. And after you get used to it and you learn how to calculate if this is a reasonable risk to take, if I'm willing to put everything on the line because I believe in it, or is it something that I need to step back from and get, get the pendulum going more on my direction before I step out. Not only does it have to be a mitigated risk, it has to be a calculated risk. Yeah. One of the, and one of the things I did for the help center, you know, the one where the board member was yelling at me is I went out and got people to, to donate the carpet and donate the paint and donate the electricity. And, and so that, that was my mitigation is, yeah, we're going to do this big project, but Look, look at what I'm getting donated. It's not going to cost us as much as you think it's going to be. But it was different. It was change. People don't like change. Mm-hmm. A lot, yeah. a lot of people don't like change. change. I'm very, yeah. yeah. It's interesting, though, but look at the impact, though. So you had the vision. Mm-hmm. You had people saying, whoa, Nellie, that uh, seems like it's going to be expensive. And he said, he said say, that for the like, Eastern Oregon people, by the way. Just whoa, all, the, all these people. Whoa, Nelly. Whoa, Nelly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but then you went ahead and, and when you actually were able to do it, look at the impact that was created. Oh, yeah. Look at the fact that they took that as a model and said, this is how it should be done. That's a big deal. And had you not had the vision to do that, had you not taken the risk, the reward wouldn't have been there. And look at the impact that you made for the community. And yeah. communities all over the country. So think about when that we don't always see the reward for our risk. We see part of it. We have a vision for it, right. but like Walt Disney. So we had a, we had, we got a semi-personal tour guide that told us stories. And one of the stories they told was when completely was doing movies and started off with uh, Snow White. They originally made Snow White, Snow White for, I think it was one and a half million dollars or one million dollars, which at that time, that budget was astronomical, insane. And they did it and they got to it and they were doing the previews. They were doing the final reviews. And Walt says, we can't do this. We cannot release this. It's terrible. It's not going to work. And everybody said, we've already spent the budget. We have to release it. And they're like, we're going to go bankrupt if we don't. And he goes, 
I guarantee that you will go bankrupt if we release this, if we don't do it. So what they ended up doing is they ended up investing, I think it was in total two and a half million dollars into Snow White. And we got what we have today. It was a wild success. It started the Disney company in the movie industry. We changed everything. But then here's the cool, the, the crazy part again, because Walt was such a visionary when he said, I want to build this theme park. I want to build this park. The Walt Disney, the, the Disney company that he was part owner in, he, they said no. They literally told him no. After all the things that he'd done, they still said they couldn't see the vision of that. And yep. he actually had to go out on his own, leveraged everything he owned, his home, everything, his retirement, life insurance, so that he could build the park. Yeah. That's risk. Talk about it. That's believing in something so passionately that you're literally willing to risk everything. Well, and the worst part is that he found 500 acres in Anaheim, which at the mm -hmm. time was a two-lane road to get to Anaheim. And it was an, an orange orchard. Yep. So. Yep. <laughs> it's fascinating. But now look at the vision and what that's created. Yep. How many it's, people? That's the standard. Yeah. Everybody goes, builds their model off of that. Yeah. But that's the vision. That was the risk. And then 65, 66 years later now, we have Disneyland's in all over the world. Yeah. And how many hundreds of millions of people have been through the gates? Yeah. It's incredible. So awesome. Anybody else have anything they want to add? I, I was just sitting here thinking a lot of people don't think of farmers as being risk takers, mm. but they're the biggest gamblers in the world. This is the Eastern Oregon yeah. section. Go ahead. <laughs> it's also, it's also central Indiana. Uh, yeah. Listener in Eastern Oregon, you got this. Yeah, <laughs> they put they they plant every year with the taking the risk that the weather's going to cooperate, that all of the things we're going to have a good growing season, and I'm going to make more because the market is going to be where I it it needs to be so I can make more. Yeah, they're the only. Uh, ones that I know of that that buy retail and sell hold at sale. So they've got a risk there that I just, my heart goes out to them because they don't get the credit for being the risk takers that they are. But they it, ask a farmer, they do it from their heart. They do it because right. they believe in it and, and it's in their blood. Mm -hmm. And and yeah. this, in, by the way, includes fruit orchardists. <laughs> I have yeah. firsthand knowledge of that. Cherry season when the when the oh. rain jumps. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Gotta get the cherries off the tree. They don't yep, want to rock the tree. Yep. That's so, what, anyway. challenging life. Mm -hmm. One of the things as we get towards the end here, Jeff, that I was thinking about is and based a little bit off the team coaching example I, I shared with you earlier, is and I realize well, this is a leadership podcast, but how many employees believe that they're, they're employees and they're in a no risk job position, but they'd really like to do something else. And it just seems too risky to go start uh, my own job. But so I'm going to play it safe and, and be an employee where there's no risk. And let me tell you, that's a misconception. You're an employee and there's risk that you're not assessing. And some of that could be because of lack of leadership of your boss and all those things. But, but the truth is, when you get paid every two weeks or 15 days or twice a month, whatever it is, the company and you are even, they've paid you for everything they said they were going to. And then after that, for the next 15 days, the company goes in debt to you. And that is risky to you as an employee. Mm -hmm. And the, the whole thing here is we have to assess and mitigate 
all the risk that comes and there isn't a, a single place, whether you're the owner or an employee or the leader or the, the CEO or the brand newest employee, you have to assess all the risks and then d- determine, and, and Myra is really good on this, so get a hold of what you really believe and get your principles in there and, and all that stuff as you assess the risk to move forward towards your goals. You can't eliminate risk. You can only decide which ones you're going to accept and, and make them as as small as you can. And the reward on the other side for all of that is usually much bigger than it would be if you're just waiting 15 days for a paycheck. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. I once had a mentor tell me, when you start the entrepreneurial journey, you can try and choose security or you can choose freedom. And if you choose security, you lose both. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Wow, that's that's really true. Because if there's yeah, no risk, there's really yeah. No. The, the security is not risk free. There's a double nail yeah. for you. Look at look at the number of people that get laid off when a, a, there's a downturn, and all of a sudden the company says, "Sorry, we got to fire 500 people," and you show up to work, and then there's no no job. You get a little note on the door. Yep, that's risk. I I would like to have my future in my hands, my very well capable, manicured, and beautiful hands. <laughs> These big, strong hands, strong heads, big, strong, big for all of you people. Heads. The never ending story. <laughs> oh, I wasn't going to tell it. I was going to put it in the end second. Somebody, please give us the movie reference of the day. <laughs> With great risk comes great reward, a crisp high five, or maybe a hug if that's what you're into. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> crisp high five. So oh, look at the time. Isn't it time to go? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. You guys, always really good to uh, see your faces and hear your voices. And your obviously, your wonderful intellect and input on our topics. I'm really curious, though. This is for our listeners. I want to hear your stories of risk. I really want to hear what the risk was and what was the reward. Because it's, it's an important topic. And so many people need hope right now. And people are scared. And, and there's a risk in doing virtually everything. What are your stories? We want to hear them. You can do it. Reach us a couple of ways. You can uh, find us on Facebook at Ask Us. Or no, sorry, that's not Ask Us. That's the, that's, how about this? I'll do the email first. Ask us at leadershipbs.co. That's ask us at leadershipbs.co. Or you can find us on Facebook. Look us up at the No More Leadership BS podcast group. And uh, did I say that right? I don't know. I'm really good at reading. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. We're going to sign off until next time, all of our listeners and all those people that have downloaded our podcast. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Have a wonderful day and we'll see you next time. Letter book. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the No Leadership BS podcast. If you have any stories, questions, or comments you would like to share with us, please email us at askus at leadershipbs.co. That's Ask us at leadershipbs.co. Don't forget to give us a five-star review so we can reach more people. Thank you so much, and tune in next time. We'll see you then.